What up? This is Yinka Dez. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And we've got a, 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 a kind of a unique episode today, right? We've got a super unique episode. We're trying to do like a little cross hybrid between a Salute Me or Shoot Me and a Make It a Classic. We got a special guest here, um, writer, activist, a very smart brothers contributor, uh, third string D3 uh, power forward, <laughs> uh, Shamira. Hi guys. What do you want to tell tell the people about yourself? Um, not much to say. <laughs> I guess um, I've been known to apparently be a hater extraordinaire. Um, oh, okay. so. <laughs> she's in the building. <laughs> no, um, we, we've just, been called haters as well. So yeah, I I'm just a very opinionated person who does not hesitate to share what I feel. She about does things. not hesitate to share what she feels about things. She likes chicken and dipset. That is very true. I am a dipset apologist. All right. So and, and one of the opinions that she shared that uh, at one point caused a lot of controversy right was. so it's kind of a salute me or shoot me so mm-hmm. you want to you want to state your opinion that you stated on very smart Brothers? sure um about i guess at this point a year and a half ago which i didn't realize that was that long ago until i yeah. looked it up you old. Um, <laughs> about a year and a half ago i wrote a piece um talking about how i felt that the miseducation was an overrated album um and uh, it got bringing 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 the power <laughs> Salute me or shoot me. It got um, a lot of feedback, some positive, some negative, of course. Some people will never let go of the fact that Lauren Hill is the alpha and the omega. Um, mm. But I do stand by that opinion. Does you want to tell us a little bit about some of the feedback? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's wild we see Don Cheadle arguing about your perspective. <laughs> Well, yeah, shout out to Don Cheadle. Man. Wait, Don Cheadle was uh, he? He was uh, he was for what you were saying? Or no, he was it? against what I was saying. Right, he was right, like, right. I, good job, was, He said good it was job. well argued and funny, but he My didn't man. agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the short of it was the premise I wrote for the article was I was revisiting the album. I mean, you listen to it every so often, um, but uh, when I was sitting through it and actually paying attention to the lyrics, I just did not feel like the lyrics held up muster almost two decades later, right? The album dropped in 97. I will pretend it wasn't pivotal. It was 98. 98? Yeah. I won't pretend it wasn't pivotal to me. I won't pretend it wasn't pivotal in general. I won't pretend I didn't love the album when it dropped. Um, But when I actually paid attention to it way later with the context we all know now, with my adult brain, because I was a teenager then, um, it kind of lands differently. And of course, we know a lot more about Lauren now than we did when she won all those great Grammys. So that kind of affects a lot. But ultimately, my argument was, Lauren is very talented, the album is very well arranged, produced, and mixed, but the ultimate lyrics were a bunch of hotel nonsense and finger wagging. So so I have some initial questions, because I am just meeting uh, Shamira today, and and I did read the article, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so one question I have, which I think you already answered, so I know the the answer anyway, Mm but... You are not trolling when you say this. You are very no. much for real. I don't believe in just saying hot takes <laughs> right. to, to rile the people. Right. Like I just rile people just being my regular. Right. True. And, true. You want to talk about how you're well, no longer invited to go to the Howard campus or you want to put that on, on the back burner? <laughs> That's an alleged story. It's fake news. Thank you. <laughs> she okay. sounds like Donald Trump. All right. Uh, just another question real quick, mm-hmm. uh, just so that uh, I have some context and so our listeners have some context, because obviously you and you can know each other well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's more familiar with your ear than I am. But mm-hmm. what types of what type of music do you do? Do you like aside from Dipset, as you right. said? But what types of uh, what current artists are you listening to now? 
Um, my tastes are really across the board, so I won't pretend that I don't fall into the zeitgeist music, right? I won't pretend I don't listen to Migos or Future, all the nonsense cool. trap, right? But I also listen to, you know, R&B where I can. I don't believe, I know people think R&B is dead. I don't believe it's dead. I like BJ the Chicago Kid, for example. I like Sampha. I love the internet and Sid the Kid. Yeah. Those are two people I actually recently saw sit in concert, and I'm a big fan, Tell so... Me. Um, and of course, being a New Yorker and an immigrant, I love Afrobeats, dancehall, and soca. Those are two, three genres I really care about. Um, so I really, as long as it's good, I'll listen to it and give it a shot. There's some genres that I've tried to give a shot and don't really work for me. Like grime, I can only go up to a certain <laughs> certain point with. And sometimes I'm like, the production just doesn't work for me. We're like the hi-hats and the tin in the background. And you're like, it just sounds like silly effects to me. But anyway, um, but right now, Sid the Kid, the internet I love. I love Solange's last album. You're a um, Miguel fan. I'm a huge Miguel fan. Anderson um, Park, yes, no? I'm not an Anderson Woo! Park fan. Okay, um, right. Not that I dislike <laughs> him. Like I don't. I just don't stand for him. I feel like everyone who listened to his albums, like, oh, yeah. are like he's the I future. Am. You know what I, I mean? I, I, I'm not sure if he's the future, but I do think his Malibu album was the best album yeah. so, last year. So let's 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 flip it. You know, on mm-hmm. a, on a make it a classic in terms of you know where were you first? Like where were you when you heard? The miseducation of Lauren Hill. So I was a teen, right? Um, so there's that. I wasn't an adult, which maybe affects things or whatever. But I was young. Um, I was like doing babysitting money, walking around like my disc man that didn't have. I couldn't afford the disc man that had no Shop skip, protection. whatever. You know what I mean? So I was walking around with like in Harlem. I grew up uh, right next to the uh, Rucker Park and the Polo Grounds. Mm. Um, I was taking the bus to school every day, just like with the thing in my skip backpack. I taking the D train to Bronx High School. Yo, so, so, so was Jimmy around, or was he really in the Bronx? Like, like where was he at, yo? Rucker Park. That's where. That's where the Harlem Shake was created, right? Anyone know that? Remember that story? I don't remember the official story, but that's what they claim. A lot of people will claim a lot of things. Yeah, they say a lot of things came out. Yo, people will claim like, listen, like one thing you learn about folks from Harlem, they'll claim like they'll see where everything was invented. I don't know how many (laughs) folks I know from Harlem will be like, yo, I used to walk down one four one in Lennox, and Cam would just used to be chill on the block all day, yo. When you camp, Cam was free. We used to always go to the Dipset cookouts, yo. We were just out there. You're like, dog, like, nah. We had to go back. Yo, George Washington Carvey, he he found a peanut. It was on. It was on the, the court on Rucker Park, man. I saw somebody dunk the peanut in the in the basket. And like, yes, obviously around the EBC game season in the summer, we used to always see folks around there, right? Just because it happens, right? But I won't pretend that my mom used to let me chill out there like that. My mom be like, go fuck home because they really be shooting. I mean, everyone saw that clip where Dipset got hands up when they were at the yeah. EBC game. Like, that was a real thing, right? So now I wasn't sitting there when NASA recorded made you look and shit like that. Folks <laughs> would be like, yo, if you check real quick, I was in the background, yo. I was just like, no, you weren't. Like, it's cool. <laughs> so so you feel as though you were you were a teen you know you were a babysitter mm. and you heard the miseducation of lauren hill uh you want to talk about some of the other projects that were out around the same time or um i'm trying to think so this so is we've august done this before. of 1998 so this is when this was actually a few months before uh Takao, which we we talked about on a different podcast correct i believe so august 2008 uh, excuse me, August 1998. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, when Disaster Strikes was that. 
that was also around the same that was also around this thing so when i was in when i was in high school and i remember this album um the two albums that i remember were were taking over my whole high school i was in la at the time was um nelly um the the country grammar record that had to come a little Um, bit later that had to come after this it was around the same time and i remember the um volume two by jay-z volume two i think is more three albums were the albums that everybody in my school were talking about when this album was popular so i think to go back to our our earlier making a classic episodes i think around this time frame would be when all the death jam stuff was happening right um so that would be that would be the DMX. Um, that would be um, like Jay Z, Method Man, Red Man, uh, and then Nas had his album come out in '99 mm-hmm. with the I Am. What's yeah, the Def Jam? Right. But I think it was in that context. Right. I'm trying to think of what I mean, R&B I think, soul records were coming out around that time. I think mm-hmm. you also need to put it in context of um, what was happening with women in rap prior, right? Not right, just right. men in rap, right? Agreed, agreed. So because a lot of what affected Lauren Hill's narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is this idea that there were too many overly sexualized women right. in rap, right? So Kim dropped hardcore in what, 96? Il Nana was also 96. They were a couple months mm-hmm. apart from each other. There was a lot of pushback, even though in New York, obviously, it got a lot of fandom mm-hmm. or whatever. But right. just in general, that these, these overly sexualized, you know, right. bars from rap, from female rappers, right? You're talking openly about sex, openly about right. taking your man, openly about getting him to buy you stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Big Bad still, Mama, Big Bad Mama came out ninety seven, ninety eight time frame where right. you know bit uh, uh, Foxy was was with Jay and again she right. had the kind of sexualized narrative of, right and so it was and obviously the discussions about you know Kim having her bars written for her and everything but it was like here comes Lauren and not like Lauren was new to the scene obviously right. her work for the Fugees and yep. the score and everything was already in the background right mm-hmm. but it was like Lauren is a beautiful woman who doesn't have to be sexual right, right. she can just spit right Missy so, Elliott would have been in that camp as well though right, right? see yes yeah, but, but I Missy don't think she was at the time was known more for her R&B way. work and her R&B production well, she stuff. was singing on plenty stuff but i think yeah. she was obviously see like lauren was seen as this like beautiful you know uh, kind of sexualized woman who didn't intentionally become sexualized okay that's she fair. was she was a dope mc and she also had a great voice and she had this and she new didn't narrative curse, and she did right. she wasn't explicit you know what i mean right. like she didn't curse she was explicit she had bars she was like the strongest part of the fuji's right. team or whatever right from a vocalization standpoint obviously white clef was very fundamentally um influential and everything but um i think that also frames a lot like here comes lauren in the scene kind of counterbalancing oh my god all these young teen girls like me out here rapping along to all the kim verses or out here rapping along to il nana and everything like that right so i think that was also a very fundamental part of everything that was happening at the time Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think we successfully canvassed, you know, what the climate was like when we dropped when we dropped this album. What was the critical right? reception, right? right. And, I mean, and it was universally it was amazing. Right. I will pretend I didn't love it, right? Like okay. I, I will never, you know, I, I will be real about that. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I still care for it now too. I just think it's overrated, right? Which is different mm-hmm. than saying it's bad. Um, but it was critically loved. Obviously, it got all the Grammy nominations, all the awards. Yeah. Um, the production was exceptional. Everything about it was exceptional. Oh, we're yeah. gonna, so we're going to talk about that now because in the article, mm-hmm. there was no mention of the production. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the article also didn't mention that she can't really produce her songs, perform her songs in the original production because she got sued like crap for them. Like, wow. yeah. I mean, I, I, I wrote 1,500 words on it and I couldn't. <laughs> 
write 2500 words on it so um, hold on so how but, so how many of her records had samples because i'm i'm of the understanding that she did produce these but did she not no, no. so okay so i think the whole deal here is right lauren essentially claimed that she produced and played all the instruments and everything on this album okay um which is has been proven to not be the truth okay so essentially she did not pay the the uh, instrumentalists who who actually produced and helped co-write all these songs right, and so they cool. sued her and these tracks are essentially frozen and she's no longer right. able to play the original arrangements she can't play the original ah. and that's the that's reason. why she does, does all these new world order new wave right. remixes whatever she does whenever she does performances because she can't play the original arrangements of the songs <laughs> right so i don't know if you want to go right now into exactly. the discussion of what her live performance is like now no we can uh, get but to let's, that let's later. get to the to yeah. the actual album so this is your salute me or shoot me <laughs> take us down the album from top to bottom and i what mean your feelings are about it. yeah i don't want to go through every single line of my piece just because i don't want to sit here and read for five no, minutes and, and it's um, on it's it's online it's if you guys there, want to check it, it out right, right right go to vsb just search lauren hill you shout out to vsb by the way yeah shout out to damon and panama and it's dope to have a contributor it, to VSB. in case yeah. you or you're under a rock and you don't know what vsb is that's very smart brothers.com just right. in case they've given know. me a great platform to say my opinions and <laughs> yeah. also they've they're actually legit great homies of mine yeah and so, if i see y'all yo i'm gonna have a problem because you really shouldn't have empowered <laughs> this situation here because shamira has never met an opinion that she did not need to voice <laughs> but actually when i first purchased piece of david he was like you just want to burn the internet down don't you and i was like that's a win <laughs> if i if i was damon i would have been like yo how do i put this out there so more right. eyes can see it so <laughs> just run it off you know the the um uh, the album right obviously the album was beautifully arranged I won't say anything wrong about that the instrumentation was great the production was great all the people that worked on it were great and that's indisputably it's a sonically great sounding album it still sounds great sonically to okay. this day my main criticisms and will still be about the actual content of the album so just running through that right X Factor I love that as a song Lost Ones no one could pretend Lost Ones didn't clap as a song those are all great things then you get to Two Zion and Doo-Wop. Both terrible songs in retrospect. Doo-Wop was a single hit, and it, I get why it was a single hit, but that song would not be a hit in 2016 or 2017, right? Like, no, it wouldn't, right? The second he dropped... <laughs> The second he dropped Doo Wop in 2017, Bustle, Cosmo, Teen Vogue, Alrighty, the problematic nature of, of slut shaming and Lauren Hill's. But how do we single. how do we get to where we are today? What do you mean? As a as a progressive society that looks right. at that looks at sexuality, that looks at feminism, that looks at all of these things, how did we get here? Because we weren't here in nineteen. Yeah, we weren't here in nineteen ninety seven, right? So there's been a there's been a natural growth and there's been a lot of pushback, right, about that kind of thing. And people have argued with me that she wasn't slut shaming. I'm like, listen, like Lauren ultimately outside of the slut shaming thing, she was like, You don't love yourself, you wear hair weaves, you wear you wear acrylic nails, I and think you that's give it up trivializing to what she was saying though. I don't I don't think it's trivializing what she was saying when she uses it as an argument though, right? Uh, so I was it's, listening to. Like it, yeah. it sounds was, like social commentary to me. Yeah, that's it. Seemed more like that. Essentially, what because it wasn't like she didn't just come out right away off the bat and be like, "Yo, where you being? Hair weaves, like fake nails out Koreans, fake hair weaves out European." Like yeah. that wasn't the first, first of line. All, like it was. It weaves was the last don't come from Europe. They all come from India. But anyway, continue. A deal. Like she was going <laughs> through a story. 
And in the context from the first lyric to the last lyric in that verse, it's a story that, I mean, let's not, slut shaming or not, let's not pretend that that's not a story that we haven't witnessed before, that we haven't been critical of. You know, so wait, wait, wait. All right, so can we start at the top? Let's start at the top. Mm -hmm. The song is called Doo Wop. And the fact is, from a musical perspective, we're actually given an instrumentation yeah. that is an original arrangement that contains doo-wop in it. That was dope mm -hmm. as right? well. That I was mean, dope as fuck. Musically, that's And in a inspired. time period where everybody sounds like something very similar and yeah. cohesive, right? Even Jay is trying to sound like something specific. Right? Yeah. And then we get a record that is put out there in terms of, it, it's, it's a commercially successful record that contains elements of something that was popularized in the 60s 50s and 60s um and it's it's put out there and packaged the exact same way as everything else that sounds like i want to be dmx including jay-z volume two right right um that also has social commentary to it mm -hmm. like that in and of itself is impactful right and the, the video so I think was dope just yeah. having a conversation about yeah or about her narrative in it i think takes away from how incredible it is as a record period i don't right? pretend that's the thing about lord Hill. i don't pretend she doesn't have the talent to make a great record i'm what i'm saying is that when you think about what she's saying it's a problem right and mm -hmm. like like it's one thing if it's like you're trying to impart like hey you know Mm -hmm. value yourself because these niggas ain't never gonna value you right fine and i guess that's what people argue is her ultimate lesson but her yeah. actual message was actually condescending and scornful to the woman not but actual like I, so okay yeah. so she so verse one she talks to young girls mm -hmm. and she tells young girls from her perspective which is obviously we've we've established as a flawed perspective mm -hmm. right she's the other woman in mm -hmm. uh, in our married relationship mm -hmm. right she says young girls you know these are lessons that I've learned in relationships. Mm -hmm. Then she says, verse two, hey, men. Going, going out the men, yeah. Y'all ain't shit either. Right. And these are the things that I've also learned about y'all. You need to get y'all shit But just because too, she doesn't, she right? said that does not necessarily mean what you said to the woman is great, right? The, no, the same no, no, no. commentary right. that if she said, if they were said by a guy, that guy would be trapped up and down the street. Right? Maybe now. No, but the, the right. question is, the question I would have is what she said in those, in those verses one, do you disagree? Two, have you said them before? Because, I, you know... No, like, I've never said that. You don't value yourself because you wear acrylic nails and hair weaves by Koreans. Like, no, right. I can't well, say that. Well, I that. know plenty of... I'm sure there are, and I'm not right. saying people haven't said it. But and I'm did, also but, saying but, but, but that... But wait, was that, was that the crux of her... Was that the but crux saying, of her point, point of view? Or was she just saying, look at where you being? Hair weaves like you're with Europeans. Yeah, but like, it's saying that you're doing all this was stuff, just and point? that's how you generate your value. You think that value is worth something, and that's not the case. Like, people, whatever a guy has said that, like, I don't really wear... Like, I don't wear acrylic nails, right? Mm. I don't do all that crazy stuff. Like, I wear weaves every so often. But that's because you're the Camorian Amber Rose. We're talking about people that come that aren't yellow like you. No, I'm just saying. Leave me alone. But, yeah, but my point is, like, you may think it's a minor thing, but, like, with women, those things matter. Like, it may seem mm. innocuous. It's not innocuous, right? Mm. Like, people do that and make those choices. So you don't get to invalidate those choices mm -hmm. just because you do X thing. Right, but it wasn't. So it's, it's but, like, but like I said, she didn't throw that out right at the beginning. Like, so because and, and she said so, it as a coda instead of the lead, so, so my, my issue is, let's say she didn't say the the thing about the hair and the nails, but everything else. No, because she that I mean, it was that is not about slut shaming, right? She talked about mm. oh, you give it up to everybody. That's whack. Like she made those commentaries too. Like my I don't point, think she's. But to me, it's not so much 
judging. It's, it's the song is a cautionary tale, right? That's what like, I think it's it is. More like the, the young way, girls. This is something I've learned in my life. There's a difference between do saying whatever you do, make sure it's your choice, and saying you did this and that's whack, right? Those are two spec- specific right. things, right? Uh, well, and when you don't do that and act like there's no way a woman can make a choice to do that, that's a problem in general. All right, so okay, what you're saying is fair based off of that interpretation. That is not how I interpret the, the verse. Right. So if I'm mistaken, then fine. But the way I interpreted those lyrics was, it was like, look, you know, there is a situation in your life where you are in a, a shitty situation. Like, and we'll, we'll talk about the woman here, right? right? Even if that woman who we're talking about, the subject of this verse, can you know look in the mirror and and look at her life and realize look i i'm in a i'm in a shitty situation right and i think that what she's doing in this in this in the scenario in this tale is just highlighting some of the things it's like look like you weren't necessarily in control of some of these these things you were making decisions based off what other people wanted for you Mm. and because of that this is where we are and And look at all these other external factors and And i i i take it as yinka is taking it it's a cautionary tale to just be careful i think the assumption that the only reason why a woman would do those things is because they think that's what a man wants is a very faulty assumption i'm not saying women don't do those things but to pretend Mm. listen i very few men who i've ever dated in my life have ever even known the difference between a weave and a wig or whatever or what are acrylic nails or what aren't right mm-hmm. i'm not saying women don't do that to impress men i'm not pretending i've never done something to impress a man but the whole construction of the song assuming that this was all done to impress a man and look all you got is an ancient man who won't return your calls is mm-hmm. really faulty because one it's scoring the woman acting like you did this to impress a man and you ain't got shit Two, it's assuming that there's no way she made that choice for herself. Both things are faulty. I disagree. And so the reason, oh, go ahead. Uh, the reason why I disagree is one, the name of the song is called "That Thing," right? And so essentially, what she's saying is like, look, people are focusing on some of the wrong things to have happiness, and I think that what your what your point is directed. I, I think I think it was it's applicable if Lauren Hill is specifically talking to one person. But this is an album, and I think she's kind of generalizing here. And I, I, I think the fact I, that she's generalized it actually makes it worse. But, than but you I don't necessarily one think. Person. But the thing is, is like, all right, it's one of those so things she's where generally speaking to women, okay, it's one of those things where it's one of those things where I'm going to make like the the ego versus the self argument. And if you are listening to this and you recognize who you are and you've made some of those decisions, but you recognize, hey, look, I'm not in that place, then it's cool. But I think that it's, if, if, if it's one of those things where, like, let's not pretend that what she's talking about isn't an actual thing. But see, that's the argument that rappers make about like, yeah, I said bitches, but I wasn't talking about you. So you, if, it, if you ain't one of those bitches, then don't be mad about it. Like the hit dogs holler argument never really flies to me in general. Right? right. Like, so it's one of those things that, if that's how you feel, that's you perceive it, that's fine. But I'm saying that she made an argument constructed around a verse in which she basically implied that she knows why we would do something, where they did it, and why it was a problem, right? I and just, that is that would not fly. It just wouldn't fly. In the I 21st hear what you're century. saying. I just don't. I just don't interpret it that way. I just don't. Like I see it as there are there are women who have 
kind of uh and i think i think also sorry not to i know we're talking about this song but just to contextualize it on the other tracks when you realize that so much of her language is based off of christian philosophy and christian morality that even makes it even further that it's moral judgment and it's not just some sort of oh i'm just trying to give you some advice right final hour forgive them father right these are all based around christian morality songs like it's not just some sort of just general observation i I don't right i don't know what the hell she's saying about final hour but whatever final hour actually if i were to have to if we were gonna do this as a make it a classic and there was low lights or records that i removed i would have removed final hour like i don't even think it's necessary i was bumping it on the way over here it's cool like i I think i think final hour is you know we talked about in the blueprint two how jay felt as though he needed to make sure people knew that he could rap on blueprint two right and i think final hour was the record where you know lauren was like yo I'm still the chick from the Fugees that got more bars than all these dudes. I'm going to let y'all know I got bars. That's what Final Hour is. But I didn't need it in the context of the album. Yeah, I just think that you can say that maybe in a style that, oh, she means well, but when you really listen to all the lyrics of all of her songs in this album and all the moralizing, all the you need to be kings and queens and all the Bible verse pulls. Like, does she say a- that you need to be kings yes, and queens? Yes, she does. Though? She talks yeah, she about does. that. Yeah, she definitely does. <laughs> what, what, what song? I mean, I don't remember the song. Uh, <laughs> But I'm saying, yeah. yeah, she does on several songs, like, yeah. and that's fine. And she talks about like tribes in Northeast Africa, like she does the whole thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not into the hotel thing. I've made it very clear I'm not into the hotel thing. You wanna, um, y'all want to have that conversation? But, nah, um, it's it's a it's. I don't you know, know enough about it. The only the only counter I would say is that I'm not sure if hotel is the right word um, to use, hmm. and that. If we're going to criticize, look, I, I don't agree. I, I've heard w- what would be considered a hotep person, right? Mm. I've heard what they've had to say, and I disagree with it. However, if we're going to disagree with them, you need to also disagree with Scientologists, Mormons, Christians. But that's not what we're talking about. No, but I think it's the same thing, though. Okay. Like, in the sense is this, right? From what I understand about that hotep mindset, mm. it's basically is somebody instructing you on on the 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 systems that have been put in place to keep you where you are and and all this other stuff it's like they're mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're trying to share a narrative mm-hmm. about you know black black men and women were gods and kings back in the day and if you tap into this this certain mindset you can bring out your powers and stuff right which mm-hmm. is like fundamentally nonsensical that's because fine. not if everyone case, if everyone's a king then who what's the kingdom right. and that's fine but, yeah. and i and i and i completely I completely agree with that yeah. counter, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with them what they say, but I'm saying at the same time, like everything else is a narrative as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know that much about Islam, mm-hmm. but I, I know, but from from like the whole Christian thing is a narrative. So as the well. thing about Christianity and Islam is neither of them will tell you that as a woman, if you have a period, that means that you're not doing something right. Sure, like, I mean, but the, one tells like you that, but one told you that a man fact. walked on water turn uh, uh, water into wine and did all these other things that if you were living mm. today, if you were, if you came here, so, like you're from a different planet and you came here mm. and somebody told you about these tales from back in the day, 
as an as an adult formed mind, you would look at that person and tell them you're fucking crazy. So that's that a historical. Physics. Those are historical stories versus me saying you today in 2017, if you are having your period, you're sure. doing something. Wrong. I think sure, also sure, sure, going. Sure. And I, and I, I think that is absolute utter nonsense. But w- what I'm saying is right. the foundations of all. The, I think it's all. They're all narratives. Well, I think you also have to, you have to really understand that Hotep goes beyond it. The criticism about Hotep isn't just that we're drawing from like you know, all these narratives about kings and queens. It's that you're also cherry-picking the pieces to create this narrative of reinforcing what you want a patriarchal, misogynist society to be, right? So it's not just, oh, we were kings and queens. It's, we were kings and queens, and men you had to lead, and women you had to submit. You had had seven wives and all that. Yeah, I I disagree with all that. That kind of (laughs) cherry-picking and creative narrative of, let's be very, very clear, a society that has not existed for hundreds of years and no one living can experience, right? right? Which is why the whole pushback about why would you use the word and a lot of other things and ultimately the transatlantic slave trade not coming from northeast africa in the first place yeah. right <laughs> sure. really kind of falls deaf on me but that said i think what we're talking about here when people criticize hotepism isn't oh you can have reverence for different historical traditions fine we can do that even though i wonder why no one ever does that for sub-saharan african traditions <laughs> neither here nor there but um it's the fact that you're going to cherry pick it, transmute it into reinforcing what works for you, which is ultimately yeah. maintaining sure. a misogynist, patriarchal society that continues with you who lives in your mom's basement and promoting whatever you want while you sell your SoundCloud mixtapes. But what, what, that, I agree that with all of that rolls to what Outlaw's mm-hmm. point is, which is how is that different than Christianity, yes, which that's we my cherry pick point. to say you can't point. have abortions, you can't be gay, yeah. but you I can't don't do co-sign this, you can't that, do that, right? That's right? The sure. thing. I just thought I'm, yeah. I'm not as familiar with, with Islam, so I can't right. critique Islam right now. Right. right. But I know that I, I don't think that that is any different from anything else. And that's my point. Right. That's my ultimate point. It's like right. if we're going to criticize I mean, Hotepism, we mm-hmm. need to criticize. I mean, I don't think, I don't think, but I do criticize other religions because I'm that kind of person. (laughs) Yeah, she does. (laughs) But um, just, just to my point, I think when people get super defensive, like Hotep means peace, and you're disrespecting this, I'm like, actually, no one ever said that as a greedy. Like, no one was walking around in Egypt, and this has been documented, (laughs) like saying Hotep, and you said Hotep back. Like that wasn't a thing, right? Like Hotep, the way that ancient Egyptian as a language and the hieroglyphics work is that it's part of a greater name right like it's mm. that's not like a like it's not like when people go around and say like Eshe right which that's a whole uh, other story but like that, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to get on Yiga's case I'm just saying that like even in the application of it it doesn't make sense and I I do try um, and I won't pretend I don't need to work on it I do try to be more sensitive about these things I understand that as someone who's first generation I have kind of an indignance about certain things that other people are still exploring um, and so I try to keep that in mind. But just to bring it back to Lauren, I think the general issue I have with it is that, all right, if you want to say it's a general message about something, then why do you put it into all this hotep, misogynist, patriarchal construction powers and moralizing that comes? Because again, it's not just hotepism or whatever you want to call it that she pulls in there. It's also, to your point, Christianity and Christian moralizing. And she does that across the album. Okay. Not just on doo but on several tracks. So here's, so here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. Because I would, I didn't necessarily sense this uh, pushing a patriarchal a patriarchal agenda mm-hmm. when I listened to the album. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna ask you where you really where you sense it because to me besides do I agree, but, but because to me 
even if it's there, it's like such a light version of it. In the sense of this, I went back to listen to this album after listening, after reading your article, mm-hmm. and I didn't hear anything in that album that I wouldn't have heard from other conscious woke hip hop heads. Right, but those other conscious woke hip hop heads, how many of them, if you said this wasn't a classic album, people wouldn't, you know, would debate you down and be like, oh my God, we have to fight that down for now, right? But I mean, we're like, talking about Lauryn Hill specifically because people indisputably say this is one of the best albums of its so time. So, how do you feel about Black on Both Sides? I mean, to me, that black on both sides, to me, mm. is probably the greatest hip hop album ever made, in my opinion. Wow. That's just you know, me. you're familiar with that, I, the most yeah. F album. <laughs> I thank you for clarifying who rapped it. Um, no, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, just I'm, familiar, I'm familiar with the album, um, and I like it. I won't pretend it's not a good album. I also think Most F is a huge fuckboy. That's oh sure. <laughs> Do you think it's the greatest? I I, album I think it might be. Yeah, wow. I think it might be. And 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 okay. that's not to shut anything else down. Right. I think and listen, that, I don't think Lord Hell's album is not a classic album. I, I don't know how to explain wait, this what? well. Th- that's not no, what wait, you said on your, I, on your no, project. I think, because the thing is, like, if you invalidate albums off, like, I think it's an overrated album. I think you mm-hmm. could be classic and still be overrated. I wrote that the album is overrated. I use that word specifically because people mm-hmm. act like these albums are infallible. No, right. they're not. Yeah, and, that's, not. and that's what I'm trying to express. It's, okay. it's overrated because the content is actually overrated. Because my next question was going to be it doesn't hold muster. How do, you, how do you make it, how would you make it a classic if it's not a classic? Well, I still want to get to so some of these. So there's tracks here that I love, right? Right. I love, for example, Nothing Even Matters. I think it's a beautiful song. There's yeah, nothing yeah. I would she change about Angela. that song whatsoever. <laughs> actually, well, yes, but like that I will pretend X Factor another song I love right, so, let, so let's are, do this yeah. let's do this first let's do this thematically mm-hmm. um, because uh-huh. we kind of jumped around a little bit mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. let's stick to the Hotep-ish songs first okay uh-huh. uh, before we start talking about the other ones so we we, we talked about doo-wop mm-hmm. I disagree with you on that mm-hmm. um, but I, I hear your point mm-hmm. I just I I would not apply it in, mm-hmm. the, in the way that you applied it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one would be what final hour. We kind of talked about that. Yeah, I happen to like final that song, hour. but yeah, I, I think what I else? think I think the overall message. I mean, you can get the money, you can get the power, but keep your mind uh, keep your mind on the final hour. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with. I that. I just got bored with that song. That's fine. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, so so well, so hold on. So let's. So do you want to get into forget them father? Yeah, I mean, I like the B-flip or the con- the Concrete Jungle B-flip, which is what I already said, like, way back when, right? But again, like, it doesn't actually have a point. I'm trying to pull up actually what I wrote about it, and I was like, this is what I said at the time, which is that at some point, it seems like she's talking about Wyclef for the umpteenth time, right? Which we all know she subs Wyclef up and down the album, Yo, so right? let's let's go into that, right? Well, I, well that's what I was going to say. Let's let's <laughs> go through the Hotep ones right. first, and then we can go right. to that. Right, and then I right. said, but then she starts talking about Indians and Chiefs and African czars and Menelik, and I don't know what happened. Which isn't right? any different up. than a lot of other MCs from, right. from back in the day. Especially like, like 5%er MCs who right. talk about but again, Greek we're not talking and, about those MCs we're talking about this person no but in their I think context. that if we're going to uh, if if we're if you're going to criticize her content on this then I think you need to criticize everything that came out in the late 80s and the 90s but I would 
Like that's what, right. I, that's what I'm saying. Like not everything, but obviously a lot of that similar content. Mm-hmm. I would say, hey y'all, we said this. For example, I would say, yo, what the fuck is Nas talking about half the time? Like, and I love Nas All as right. a rapper, right? Interesting. But Nas, okay. Nas puts out half baked facts and talks about pharaohs and kings, and you do the math out of you, like that doesn't even make sense, right? Speaking of math, yo, shout out to Foxy Brown on affirmative action. <laughs> yo, yo, listen. Subtract the seven, to, multiply the five. By the way, what are you talking about? I'm trying man. to break it. Out before me, like, does it, and somebody's Dang. like, no, it really adds up if you really think it's like I'm, I don't I'm, think it I'm adds nervous. up. I'm nervous. I, I, I'm curious with. Oh, I'm almost like, nervous. I think Nas is one of the best rappers to ever do. I think his flow is impeccable. I'm one of the people that loves Life Is Good. People, you know, and there's people who don't like that album whatsoever. I, don't know who you know what? I was gonna album. bring up. No, go ahead. I was gonna bring up something that you know I always love to bring up, and I'm not even going to. I don't even uh, want to hear. I hope it's not about Wu Tang. Oh, see, you didn't have to say that. I'm curious. What, what I am curious what you thought about, about Wu Tang. Yeah. So I'm not a big Wu Tang fan. But it's all not right, right, it's right. not for the reasons you would think. It's not just because I mean, yes, their you know, mathematics and five percent stuff was, was a lot, right? Yeah, a lot. But also I think people and I've talked to people about this before, that New York rap people when they think about rap when it was regionalized, kind of put it into sections, right? Like yeah. there's Bay Area rap, there's SoCal rap, there's Southern rap, right? Even in Southern rap, there were sections back in the 90s in New or York, whatever, right? But that's what I'm saying. Ultimately, rap, in rap. New York, there was a section. So, honestly, I cared more about Zipset than I care about Wu Tang. That doesn't mean uh, that mm. Wu Tang is not the more influential group with the more long lasting legacy, right? But so, so but, from a time frame perspective, right? Wu Tang is actually more so in the in the time frame of like Bad Boys. So, were you right. like a big Mace fan? Oh like, yeah, I definitely I picked mean, Bad Boy over over Wu Tang. That's uh, that's without a doubt, okay. right? So, right. I mean, you have to also realize like the associations of where you know you're pulling from. So for me, mm. it was Bad Boy. For me, it was Dipset. I appreciated Wu Tang, and obviously the big tracks got radio play right mm-hmm. but i would pretend i was out here like i have friends Dame, damon right he's a huge wu-tang fan so we'll Is talk he? about like yeah he's a champ big, is a wu-tang fan yes all right so ahead, he'll champ. talk about it and i'm like yo he'll go deeper the killer bees discussion right, so y'all, like, y'all, right, y'all can't right, see right, it but right. outlaws got like a cheshire cat grin right now <laughs> so i feel like we're gonna have to have damon just because of the fact that like outlaws like i gotta figure out what he likes because he's a big He's a big Damon fan. Yeah. So anyway. So, you know, obviously, like, I'll do the classic tracks. No one's going to, you know, no one's going to pretend we don't know them or whatever. But I'm also not going to pretend I'm out here, like, you know, super, super on that wave. So So back to El Boogie. So you feel heavily about her her being misguided on on doo-wop. What are the other tracks that you feel? Right. So the ones I said were, I said that there were tracks that were a lot of moralizing and Christianity, like Christianity focus. And then there were tracks that were just, all right, how many times are you gonna sell us about White Clef, right? So, mm-hmm. the first one, obviously, we mentioned Duop. The second one was Final Hour. The third one was Forget Them Father. First of all, Final Hour, Forget Them Father. Obviously, the Christian symbolism and drawing from there right. just in the title, right? That's that's very obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other songs that I just didn't care for were songs like Tuzine, which I guess right. why I get why people like it. Like you know, it's like it's about her child, right. but like I don't think it's like. I didn't really you know, like it at the time. Yeah. I, I respected the song. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like it at right. the time. I still don't really mm-hmm. like it now. So you're not going to hear much. Mm-hmm. I, so I, think, I think it's necessary for the album. I'll um, be the voice of reason because fuck y'all. <laughs> um, but uh, but originally when I heard it, I agree. I, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. a standout to me. I was also much younger. Mm-hmm. To go back to that joint, I actually recently had a conversation about this song. And I said, there are probably only a handful of songs that I would say 
are beautiful tributes to people who actually are alive today. Okay. Um, the majority of great tributes to people are people who have passed. Um, okay. And I would say uh, Boys to Men's Mama is is one of one of my five. I would say To Zion is one of the five. And I think that it's incredible. Tupac this song. Mama? Yeah, yeah, as well. So that would be I in the five. Ghostface. Um, the song is you? a beautiful song about her so child. when I think about it, right, like there's this song, the easiest comparison I can draw is Isn't She Lovely, right? Okay. And like, I, I don't think To Zion is anywhere close to that spectrum for, okay. for me, right? Fair. I mean, to in fairness song. though, too, yeah. I mean... Right. I mean, Stevie it's Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Steve right. you know she doesn't have to be. It's like somebody than... being like, "Oh, this reggae song's all right. It's not Bob Marley, my yeah. nigga." It's like, all right, but that's Bob okay, Marley. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But <laughs> right. I'm just saying, you know, like design doesn't do much for me. Like, it's okay. cool. It doesn't like, do much for me you know, either. But it I, is what it I, is. I respect the song. Though. I, I, yeah, I, I respect it. You know, I, I don't pretend it is. I say, I, I will say, Carlos Santana was very relevant at the time. Fuck him today, but but he was he was very relevant at the time. Fuck him today. Um, I don't know if you heard about what he said about Beyonce, but I I am not in the beehive. But I say fuck him. What do you say? Off top, I don't know. You mm. wanna you wanna drop the science on? Or you didn't hear about that? Carlos Santana on oh, Beyonce. Oh yeah, Carlos Santana said this about Beyonce, and you know he says he said she wasn't very talented. He didn't see her in the canon of talented artists. Uh, X Y Z. Um, yada yada yada. And, and it yeah. felt it felt like some very coded. I, I think that there's a lot of coded. Um, Hispanic versus black conversation that we have okay. and it felt like very coded like oh yeah she's just like some black chick that be shaking mm-hmm. her ass on stage which I uh, really I didn't you. feel very yeah. strongly about. Yeah. No, Carl Santana was terrible for that and yeah. he had to, I think they made him retract it and apologize <laughs> which is fine. I mean yeah. I also kind of am tired of and I get that we're in a Beyonce zeitgeist and I will pretend I don't enjoy Beyonce's right. music but I'm also tired of like people both writers and entertainers making money off of commenting on beyonce 110 percent agree like these right? like these unmerited like be, shots that are just there just to be taken shots. like it'll be like um let's say beyonce likes something on snapchat right it'd be like how beyonce feels about bevel razors right it's because right. beyonce maybe liked a bevel razor snap right or whatever yeah. like i don't Wait, you know what the I'm time saying? we live in though and i yeah. i get Maybe. i get that's where we are but i also feel like there's a there's a uh, would a we be talking about of, carlos santana in 2017 if he didn't comment on on beyonce no we would be talking I, about how great I he might. was in, yeah. in, in in 1998 right and mm-hmm. we wouldn't be saying anything else i mean i'd be talking but now more today about him he's a hot take because he mentions beyonce again I, right. i'm not in the hive but i i don't like that shit. and i also don't like that there's this like just in media in general there's general well, like search of Beyonce to centers and I'm like yeah, you know I, what I mean I think that like, might be more of what it is I, mm. look uh, I'm not going to de- necessarily defend Carlos Santana right. but I will defend other people in his shoes mm. in the sense that if there is a media um, if there's a writer or a journalist yeah. who's specifically asking him a question right? and then they take his response and he's allowed to be honest about it if mm-hmm. they take his response and then blow it up mm-hmm. that's not necessarily on him maybe he should be more responsible mm-hmm. which is something that I think some of the younger minds who right. understand how these social media things work, they're probably more responsible with these right. things. Yo, I think, someone I think who came up when he came up, he might have just had an opinion. I think her girl Mila is somebody I'll quote in this situation. Go ahead. You know, when Carlos Santana can hit six different octaves on a song, then we can talk. Right. Otherwise, get the fuck out of here, dog. Right. Yo, Beyonce he, is super talented. Let's not try to let's not try to front uh, no no. Yeah. No, I no I'm not I'm not at all downgrading Carlos Santana, but I feel as though it's okay for us to celebrate people and also 
downgrade them okay when they do things that they fine. don't need. It's okay for you to not mess with someone, but still right. acknowledge their talent, right? No, yeah, you like, can no. not mess with Beyonce and also be like, Beyonce can She's sing. Whatever talented, people right. say Beyonce yeah. can't sing, I'm like, you're like but you're you also even a Mary J. Blige fan, so let's, you know. So getting... She's on this album. She uh, is. Yes. Yeah. At some point, we need to get back to this album. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do that. All right. So, so, so Zion was is a song that like it's cool. I, I respect it. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not a huge fan of it, mm-hmm. um, but it's fine. Uh, okay. So, do you want to get into the? Uh, All right. Actually, me... before before we get into the Wyclef portion, you had a beef with the song "Tell Him." Right. And. Yeah, that I think when I reading reading your 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 mm-hmm. your piece, that was the only one that kind of stuck me like in heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cuz normally I'm not going to take these things personal, but that is a song that I happen to cherish. So what was your what was your beef with the song? I mean, Tell them. It's it's a bonus track. It's a bonus it's track. track. Oh, okay. It's a bonus okay. track. Next to so, turn your so lives down even, low. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. Um, I, I mean, again, I just felt like there were like, it was another like hotel religious overtone song. Like that's just how I feel about it. She's I don't think about a it. Bible verse though. Yo, Shamira, Shamira don't love Jesus. Like let's just keep it one. Yo, all y'all very smart brothers, listeners, or readers, you know what I'm saying? Just just know that this woman doesn't love Jesus. I just like, that's just I what think, it is. I think like the, and, like, the, the music on that track. The arrangement is beautiful. Yeah, she got the. Drums from an old Al Green, um, oh, that Al Green joint, yeah. Yeah. and then and then her vocals on that, and yeah, the arrangement. Yeah, that's what, it's amazing. I think in fact, in fact, I gotta finish this real quick. Uh, before I became a um, before I became a, a house DJ, okay, I would be the music curator, whatever, mm-hmm. of certain events, right? This is before right, I had right. like a, a equipment and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the track that I always ended every single party with, mm-hmm. and people who know me well know this. Once mm-hmm. I play this track, is done. Is tell him I always close out mm. every single party would tell him and i've been doing it for a long time Uh-oh. so that's so that's just she's I making just, the bitter beer face yo, it's because it's so beautiful though it is such an amazing I, piece of music i can imagine many tracks that i'm here when the lights go on at 2 30 in the morning and i cannot imagine telling look, me look. and listen i'm not knocking your skills as a dj i promise i'm just saying that that confuses me uh, but panama's listen, laughing right now i never <laughs> you can tell you i am not i've never mixed a track in my life i don't know how to blend anything to save my life so i just can say i know but that said i think and i think what you mentioned kind of goes towards what I was trying to get at with the piece. Aside from the moralizing or whatever, I think the fact that the sonic perspective of the album is so timeless, right? Mm-hmm. Is kind of what can distract people from like what Lauren actually says in her content. And like that's what I keep trying to get back to is that mm-hmm. I will never pretend that Tell Him is not beautifully arranged and mixed okay. and mastered and sequenced and sourced. I'll never pretend that uh well, actually, I did like everything is everything, and I do like um, obviously. I love everything. The video you know. is dope too. I, and the video but, was so dope. I mean, I won't like I won't pretend to have criticisms about some of these songs, but like, mm. top to bottom, from a sequencing perspective, and considering a discussion we had at a separate time about complete projects mm-hmm. and being thematically like consonant, right. I think Lauren mastered that part. Right, the important okay. part of mastering mm-hmm. and sequencing an album mm-hmm. and making sonic connections that work really great. Uh, and I could so, still listen to the album and just kind of ignore the words. So I, I appreciate can we, that you're clarifying all this yeah. because none of this, none of this positivity towards the album was right. Was, was, but wait, was in the I article. actually disagree with that mm-hmm. because you and I have actually discussed um, the common wow, theme. Wow, you want to bring the side uh-oh. combos in? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, no, 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 that's light. That's light. But uh, but 
the common theme which is brought together by three to five year old children telling us about love for 45 oh, minutes the at the end. Every- terrible. they're terrible I, I actually disagree with both of y'all on that the skits okay. are terrible i pretend the skits never the happened the skits are bad like no, I, got, I just I gotta, I gotta i gotta i just decide. appreciate that the skits are at the end of the song so i just go so to the yeah, next yeah, yeah, yeah. all right so outlaw tell us tell us why you appreciate the skits so man. all right so for for one i thought it was actually you know what let's do let's get back to the skits let's Let's end with the skits. Nah. No, no, no. I need skits. to. I need to. I need to. We need to end with the skits. Let's get into the Y Club portion first. All right. Okay. So, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of this was blatantly a response to Y Clef, right? Like, lost yeah. ones, everyone knows that, right? There's I have no a dispute different about opinion that. than you, but we'll get to that I low in a second. Key, I low-key call this one of the lightweight greatest diss albums of all time um and lost once to me is one of the greatest diss tracks of all time and i think that it needs to be mentioned in the canon of no vaseline no it needs yeah. to be mentioned in, in the canon to. of the but, bitch and but you here's the thing though all of them records. here's the thing and uh, reading your article you talked about like the relationship she had with wyclef on the romantic side but part mm. of lost ones isn't just about yeah, the love. True. It was about the was money as the well. Money too, yep. Not and not just the money. Just I think before, if I remember correctly, and listen, I don't remember what I did two days ago. Much less. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's Twenty fine. years that's ago. That sounds um, accurate. But um, we we um, did our homework on this podcast. <laughs> but if I remember, kind of right around that time when she broke off, like Wyclef had kind of gone heavy in his commentary on some, like I mm. made Lauren, you know, I made the Fugees, mm. uh, Lord, like it was kind of like a screw you, like Lord, because Wyclef had spoken around like, Lauren can't do stuff without my guidance kind of thing. And okay. so yeah, Lost Ones wasn't bullshit. just mm. a rom- romantic yeah. discussion, which obviously it wasn't just a romantic discussion, right. but it was also just, oh, you said I couldn't do this project on my own, we'll right. watch this, right? right, right. Yeah. And that's fair enough. And I, I that's why I didn't- It's more than I didn't, fair considering no, that the Carnival is nowhere near as good okay. as this album. 100. 100. The, the Carnival is a really good album, it is, by the way. But it ain't, yeah, but it's it's, it's nowhere near on the canon, but the Carnival okay. is a very, very good album, yeah, right? It's a good album. And I'm still salty it's not on Spotify, but that's a whole other discussion. But, um, yeah, no, Lost Ones, I won't ever say anything besides that's a dope track. It's, you know, it hits hard, whatever. Right. I can still rap it bar for bar, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and like, it just becomes repetitive as a theme, right? When you were like, all right, you, you clocked Y, right? You clocked Clef, you did it, you went, you went at him, you got it in mm. Then you do X Factor, fine, right? I mm. won't pretend I've ever not known how to how that feels, right? Mm. Then you do uh, when it hurts so bad. All right, now we're on track three of talking about like this kind of situation. Then you do I Used to Love Him right after when it hurts so bad, all right? So now you got four tracks in. So you're telling, me, on the y- you're, t- you're telling me that you she needed to temper how much she loved the man. No, I'm saying commentary. that for me, I was like, dog. <laughs> but all right, all right, all right true yeah. or false, your piece was grounded in the fact that you retreated to this album as a breakup some, album. As a breakup. <laughs> Correct. So, yeah. so as a result of that, I, what, I do, you say that, as well, what right. do you say that these records actually are right in the canon of what you were looking for when you retreated yeah, to no, this album? Yeah, no, and I'm not saying that's not the case, right? Because okay. I said I went to that. I'm just saying if I'm going to criticize the album as, as discussing it as an overrated for the overrated piece that it is, this is going to be criticism I have, right? Okay. Again, like, I feel like I need to reiterate time and time again, I never said this album was bad, right? right? No, that's fine. Like, so here's, here's yeah. my, my beef with what you're saying. Um, I think that the only track that outright was targeted towards Wyclef is Lost Ones. I don't think the other ones are. And here's why. Mm. I think that you are allowed as a songwriter, as yeah, a performer, to, draw to have your a personal experience. And yeah. I think that just because Wyclef and her situation with him was like he was the muse in that. That doesn't that doesn't 
And even if she was, you know, the, the, the other woman in the situation, that doesn't mean that the heartbreak that she felt from that wasn't real. And that doesn't mean that other oh, people can't relate. Oh, absolutely, it was real. Because here's the thing, here's the mm-hmm. thing. This album sold a lot of records. And yeah. there are a lot of people who had no idea who Wyclef was, yeah. who who dug into this. And I mean, just even because, we as people who know who Wyclef was, I didn't know that this was time, about Wyclef. At the time. Mind. And so I don't think that those things matter. If you're going to have a personal issue with Lauren Hill, as as a human being because of whatever her situation was that's one thing but then to to like i wouldn't i can't take that out on the music when that's what we're supposed to do as songwriters is is draw from inspiration and there might be some things here that there might be some aspects of these songs that are that that, you know what happened with Wyclef reminds her of, of of what she's talking about but then that doesn't it doesn't mean right, that every but single the reason lyric... why I brought it up in the, my piece, right? I, mm. I get what you're saying. The reason why I brought it up in my piece, right, is that she juxtaposes all this stuff, right? Her allegedly being a side chick. I mean, we've we've all but heard confirmation of it, right? But right. let's mm-hmm. say she, let's say it's yeah, because she won't really talk on it right. all that much. Let's say I mean, she's just which is, which is good for her, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, she doesn't need to. She got yeah. a whole family, got everything right. else. Like, there's no right. point at this point, right? But she juxtaposes all that stuff, right, of what it was allegedly happened that with. The Christian moralizing hotepism. I think right, that's right, right, right. that's the problem that I come to, right? And again, my point wasn't that in the moment in '98 that it wasn't dope as hell. But we are you able it. to? Are you able to divorce? Are you able to divorce this album from who Lauren Hill is as a person yeah. and appreciate it as a piece of art? I can appreciate it as a piece of art. I'm just saying that in 20 years the content of it doesn't hold muster right I, I were talking two days two decades later and that's just how I feel right? no but I don't mm. think that's necessarily fair either to, to to say that because I think that context does matter like as much as it's a timeless piece of music I think that when something is recorded like the maturity of the artist all those things going around like at the time they need to be taken into consideration and I feel like you're looking at it mm. as an older person who's wiser and has all this information and then kind of picking it apart, which mm. makes sense to do, but I just don't think it's fair. I think if you're going to do that, this was not the album to do it. I think that there's plenty of other pieces of music where it probably would have I mean, made more sense. Listen, I can start the Rolodex and I'll get it popping. Don't think <laughs> but, but, I won't. But, but, right? So no. let's let's do but, it. Like right, right, like all right. For example, right. Listen, Ma- Mary J. Blige. Right. Let's not even we, do Mary J. Blige. Let's take a. I mean. I do love Mary J. Blige. I'm saying, I we started this by saying I'm a Deb Seth fan, right? Yeah. Okay. Right? I will pretend there are not very, look, there's at least like 10 Caramel songs I can write about that are like, this is terrible, right? Right. Terrible, not just from like a, all right, you gave up on actually trying to rap perspective, yeah, but terrible yeah. on a, what the hell are you saying, right? Like, terrible on mm-hmm. a, why am I rapping along to suck it or not at a club, right? And obviously, like, you know, like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And listen, it's not just me. I feel like every other girl who was at a certain age when that song dropped, if it comes out anywhere. Is it not a classic? Well, that's no, why, it is a classic. That's why there I don't apologize for these nuts. I'll never apologize for it. It's a song, it's a song that uh, that I made with my boys I think when, she I, was heard a, the when I was like, that 18 years it. old. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to apologize for right, it. So, I have my own story of this because i actually was present when they performed it but i'll just leave it at that <laughs> so like yo like i'm not trying to pretend like present it's not possible well you would you would have been in high school so you would have had to come down you would have had to go to uva when we were performing I, I feel like i was at tuttle jam when you guys performed that joint it, 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 it was at tuttle it was at lyrics it was for a valentine's yeah, day for beats that. i think i was there uh, you well, you but I if you were there you went out of studio was your so. first year it was my first year. Then I wasn't there. Right. So I don't know. Anyway, right, go ahead. Right. But, 
But um, my ultimate point is, yes, I can break it down. And that's what I explained in the piece. I was like, I'm looking at this from a mature perspective almost two decades later and explaining how I feel about mm-hmm. it as an adult when I listen to this. Like, right. yo, Lauren was really talking some bullshit. And listen, sometimes we all talk some bullshit. We talk out of both sides of our mouth. And that's mm-hmm. all I was really pointing out, that the content was overrated. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that Lauren didn't mean how she feels. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that Lauren wasn't young and really believed it. That doesn't mean a whole host of other so things, my, right? So my Mary J., my Mary J point that I was going to make is that um, I personally consider Share My World to be her strongest album. Um, okay. I think it's damn I've never listened to any Mary J album. Okay. Just so you know. I, told, um, I told this before. Right. I don't really fuck with R&B like that. So, so Mary J yeah. has made a 20-something year career yeah. of um, essentially being the woman scorned in right. the majority of, of her, her mm-hmm. music. Yeah. She's hopefully learned lessons over that I think she has. Time, she's much happier though. now. I don't think she suffers well, from depression. Oh, she just nah. got. I don't know if you heard the She just went through a divorce. Yeah, she just went through a divorce where her right, man well. made a writer that was Yo, that her was. Man, so, hold on, so hold on. So hold on. So is she gonna come back out with good music? Oh, she just came back oh, out with, just, a new, with a is new. Is it good? She has a song called. The, right. She has. Did the album drop already? I don't know if the whole album dropped. I heard the song. She dropped two singles. She dropped one called "The Thick of It," which was low key just about the fact that he's the bearded like. She helped pay child support for kids they didn't have together. Yo, this <laughs> this this Negro's this Negro created the fuck boy anthem of of writers in terms of of and it's funny because I've always we me and Shamir actually have gone back and forth about these whole like you wasn't with me shooting in the gym type conversations <laughs> where it's like a woman is like demanding all this shit and it's like wait you know you know do you, does she really deserve all this stuff she's asking for on yeah. the back end of a relationship yeah. this dude is the fuck boy example of a man demanding all this shit on the back end of a relationship That's and tough. it's like sir he do asked you for really a budget for his personal trainer <laughs> Yo, and it was something ridiculous it was like $150,000 a year for his trainers his personal trainer's salary and like she was supposed to pay for it it's actually incredible if you haven't seen it please anybody who's listening to this joint please check out what this man know. is it's, trying to demand that's the type of, of thing Mary that like i can't i just don't have the patience for it so <laughs> but yeah like Mary, like, anyway. i'd rather read a book but anyway back to, back to that, the whole so. musical argument you know um a lot of the music that she's making now is as a lot of the same places where her headspace was in share my world and i won't try to remove how great of an album Share My World was Mm -hmm. because of where Mary J. Blige's brain was when she made that album. Because obviously, it wasn't where it needed to be, in my opinion. And that might be part of the reason why 20 years later, we still have a lot of the same problems we had when Share My World came out. But it's still incredible. The other thing, too, and this is why I'm going to say that I think Lost Ones is the the only track that's really directly related to Wyclef. In the Mm -hmm. sense that I think these other ones her situation and how she felt inspired these songs. Right. And I think that once you as a listener can listen to the song and feel where she's coming from, the content behind it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like it's not direct where it's like I was on a humble you on every station. It's like it's like, yo, this is these are the feelings that I feel. But the context draws narratives all the time, right? I keep letting you back in. Like like these Yeah, not to make it a everything about Beyonce because I just said let's stop making everything about Beyonce right? right do you think Lemonade resonates more if we don't know that Beyonce is with Jay-Z like we when people watch that project live right mm. right the first 25 minutes was like yo I'm gonna keep it Beyonce- a thousand when yeah. I called I, when I called Outlaw after the joint came out so so me and Outlaw had a conversation before the joint ever came out and and Beehive please don't kill us I'm, I'm gonna start with that we always do nah. um, <laughs> 
Beehive, get him. Don't Hashtag get him. Beehive. So, so me and Outlaw had a, had a common understanding that the thing about Beyonce is that she never had a project to to us that was a, a classic or considered like a cultural piece of art that nobody could could deny, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, and 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 I can start an Eminem conversation that's along the same tangent, but right. I won't do that right now. Um, and then Lemonade came out and as a piece of art with the with the movie because mm-hmm. i watched the movie and i said yo andrew you gotta watch this movie yeah I did. Right? right and we watched the movie and we both agreed wow this is an incredible piece right. of it was art, dope right it was dope so like the 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 lemonade thing is is more about it particularly being a piece of art and i think that i, I personally and i told andrew this i said people are gonna start biting at the low-hanging fruit oh is this about jay-z so that means jay-z cheated on her and it wasn't but we both him. said we're not going to bite at that low-hanging piece right, of fruit we're going to talk did, about this as a piece right? of art yeah. and it was still a great piece of art without us biting on the whole at, oh at this time, is about yeah. jay-z no i agree with you on that right but it did happen it happened for a lot Right, like until you started realizing that the people who came out writing them, but all the people who wrote the lyrics weren't even writing about Jay Z. No, I mean yes, right. (laughs) But my point is that that contextualization matters, right? Okay. You you don't think Beyonce doesn't know that and doesn't leverage that? So 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 wait wait wait. wait, wait, The elevator never happened, and all that other stuff never happened. And Lemonade came out as a piece of art. Are you saying that you would not have appreciated the film without? That's not what I didn't say. I'm I'm saying that I don't think that this project, Beyonce's Lemonade project, that mm. you it gets divorced from her marriage, right? Like, and I think For me, guys, it does. And, yeah. and, and the wild shit about it is it may not have been as as successful from a sales perspective mm-hmm. because you always have to sell the low-hanging fruit. Most people are fucking morons. Let's just keep right. it real, right? Like, that's very easy <laughs> yeah, to that's, sell. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a lot of people. <laughs> you just I mean, but that is a lot of people. probably are, though. <laughs> you right? know, for example, so, you know how, like, not to cut you off at your point, it's cool. but it's funny... Uh, Aziz Ansari, like maybe a month or two months ago, got mm-hmm. on like Saturday Night Live, did like a hosting uh-huh. thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how now, after all the bullshit with the election, I'm fairly presumptive that most listeners are not Trump supporters or whatever, right? right. Now everyone's trying to bridge the gap and try to figure out how can we move forward and support <laughs> each other. And yeah. me, I'm just willing my as, as a non-citizen who's worried about getting deported half the time. Um, <laughs> like... Um, He's made some comment like, we've got to, you know, like, I don't believe 63 million people in America can be racist. And I'm like, I actually believe that number is probably kind of low. That's, that's, <laughs> right? that's you know what I mean? he said that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I you know what that, I mean? So anyway, yeah. just to jump into like, I think people yeah. underestimate how many people are either dumb and or racist. Oh, or I don't. Right. And, I and don't. so yeah. at the end of the day, also, music is, I think, the majority of music today. I'm, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but um, most music fans are casual listeners and they bite at the low hanging fruit, whatever it is. They want to know what the story is. And then they want to jump to the next right. moment the moment was the elevator and everybody wanted to know what beyonce was going to do because her husband may have cheated on her and then this album came out so right. that's why it sold a lot but i don't think that's what makes this movie album the, incredible the other right. thing the other thing where i don't think your argument applies is because when lemonade came out we kind of had a story to run with with mm. the elevator thing with mm. jay-z but with this I mean, yeah, we some people knew really about the Wyclef beef, yeah. but no one listened to X Factor and When It Hurts So Bad and I in used that to context, love him yeah. and really think about Wyclef. Like, it we wasn't were listening the same to it just then. as music and, and we enjoyed it. And people were listening to this and just relating it to themselves and right. what they went through. And I think right. that, I think that, yeah. I just think that we have to accept in general, right, that mm. we pick and choose when and where we divorce our artists from our music, right? That's fair. I think it's arbitrary. That's fine. For me, mm-hmm. I chose 
as an adult now, right? Mm-hmm. I have chosen not to when I listen to it, right? Mm-hmm. Don't pretend I didn't before, maybe because one, I was younger, and two, I knew less. Mm-hmm. These are, but like, I won't pretend we don't choose one and where we divorce it. We have artists that we love. Like I said, yeah. I'm a Dipset fan, right? Listen, like, Dipset said a lot of terrible shit. I've listened to every Dipset skit, and I can quote almost all the word for word. Listen, <laughs> they do and say a lot of terrible, terrible shit. That's right? a duck. Like, <laughs> I'm a bird cracker. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he doesn't know what we're talking about, but it's love. Uh, but Go anyway. back and listen to Purple Haze, man. It's <laughs> like, you know, and so we do pick and choose. And here I did choose to merge it, and that was just how it felt for me, right? And I'm not mm. trying to be on some mission for everyone to understand and be like, fuck Lauren Hill. I still think, for the record, Lauren Hill mm. is one of the most talented artists of a generation. And mm-hmm. I actually ultimately think it's sad that we never really got to see where she could have gone Agreed. for a lot of that, that's true. reasons, Agreed, right? True. And I think that there are Hotep or Hotep ish rappers that have evolved into where they could have been that we Mm. never saw with her and that's unfortunate and i think there's Mm. also problematic rappers right look at Mm. jay you know two decades ago versus jay now that have Mm. evolved and how they post their content or whatever that happened now i won't pretend that i was like super woke 20 years ago or even 10 years ago right like i'm not gonna pretend you know i wasn't out here saying stuff or whatever right like it is what it is but um i was just trying to explain that hey y'all I listened to this album, I was going through a moment or whatever, and you know what? I actually just didn't land the way that I thought it would land for me again. That's all. And that was powerful. I, I think a lot of people resonated with it because I think, you know, this, I think honestly, the Where Were You that we always kind of put mm-hmm. in every podcast is important. Like, this record kind of came for everybody at a moment where it was just kind of like the perfect pill in terms of what, what it was and what was going on. Right. you know in people's lives in music so I, I think you have a point Ella yeah just that I mean one of the things that's so amazing about this album right mm-hmm. is the fusion of you know the, the song the singing mm-hmm. with with uh, with the MCing mm-hmm. and I think you had other examples where you know maybe occasionally like a, an R&B singer might try to rap you know like R. Kelly does it right I think and, there's a Mary J joint where she drops a verse or something like that. Yeah, yeah and then you've got the you've got like Belle Bidevoe and right, where right, some right. person sings and another person raps. Yeah. But I mean, Lauren Hill was genuinely both. Right. And I think this is one of the first times, if not the first time, <laughs> that an artist successfully rapped and sang and yeah. was strong both. Yeah. You know, and on she, the same album. And and, like, and, and and the the production of this album, even if she didn't, you know, produced the entire thing right she didn't there aren't that many samples on it and so and Mm -hmm. at this time in hip-hop you know yeah swiss beast is coming out and he's doing a lot of stuff with his casio or whatever um and and timbaland same thing but you know to have like the live instrumentation you know like aside from the roots you know there weren't too many hip-hop groups doing this so when you think about music now and i think one of the the future podcasts we're going to talk about is like you know the evolution of urban music right a lot of the people making music now they're making their own music right and i think that they can draw inspiration from this album from a musical perspective writing the lyrics singing rapping and performing the instrumentation like creating your own sound like i this agree completely fucking amazing and i think it it's sold so i think it's well. also it to sell, sell it's also so well. incredible to look at you know um you look at eminem right and part of the reason why people appreciate eminem so much is because even though he's a white guy who lived in a trailer um 
he came through the rungs of what being a quote-unquote MC is. He's a guy who sat in ciphers, you know, and freestyled with people and battled them and lost and got and got beat up and whatever else. And Lauren was that, right? Yeah. She came out of the Fugees. She came out of a super-duper backpacky hip-hop, you know, um, sample-based, you know, with Diamond D on her album, you know, group. And then she took us and she said... I'm, now I'm going to take you to my personal world. And she took us a step further where she's like, yo, I'm this super, super duper dope MC who can sing hooks as well. But I can also make these complete, beautiful beds of music with instrumentation and with, yeah. you know, songwriting and singing and et cetera, and et cetera. And that really, really had not been done to that level. No, like, I don't think it has. And, and even though I'm not one to say that like white validation matters because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't. But I do think the fact that so many different genres or so many different, you know, talking heads from different genres of music heard this and were like, wow, this is amazing. Right. Um, just because, I mean, it sonically, it really, really was. I mean, the, the hip hop heads, we heard it and we, we heard the hip hop. Even when she's singing, we heard the hip hop Yo, the, in it. There's a but, cash rules everything around me sample in a song on this album. Random. Oh, with the uh, with X Factor. With I used to love him. Oh, that joint. Yeah. You hear it? Yeah. Right, 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 right. Random fun fact. Nicki Minaj says that her singing oh, is influenced by the fact that Lord Hill's a double Okay, track. I'm going to go ahead and take back everything I said. Lauren, I hope you never make anything else again because if you influence... No, I'm just kidding. So, no, one no, of the no, things I jokes. wanted to talk about, I wanted to go back to the skits, right? Yeah, yeah. Quickly, before we leave right, this, this, this um, I do want to say that you talk a lot about on, on previous episodes you've talked a lot about how there was a time period when people thought that hip-hop was a fad and that it wasn't a real type of music right and this is one of the albums where people literally had to say wow hip-hop is actually a real like genre of music like carlos santana an incredible you know an incredible musician and lots of other incredible musicians came and played live instruments on this album and created a dope piece that was one foot in hip-hop and one foot in just music in general right and, and so I, I just think this was a really really incredible piece of music no I, I think you're right i'm gonna piggyback off of that a little bit i remember when i think it was time magazine and okay. I, I might still have the magazine somewhere mm -hmm. but they came out with something like in 1999 it was like celebrating 20 years of hip-hop and they were talking about how you know it was originally a fad and and you know just to look how far it's come and then right. in the future white artists are going to become more popular which has happened to some extent, but not really. I, I don't know. Okay. But one of the features, the, the like that that magazine when it came out heavily featured uh, Lauren Hill. Yeah. And like the impact of this album. All right. So, but one of the things I wanted to get into or the discussion I wanted to have was about the skits, and I'm going <laughs> to defend them. Okay. Because the the packaging of this album and the title of it is the miseducation of right, Lauren Hill, right, which at right. the time I didn't really under, understood. Well, you know meant. the miseducation of right. black folk. Right. And so, but I think you can unpack it to say like, um, it's almost like Yoda in Star Wars where he says like, you must unlearn what you have learned, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the, the way it breaks down is, you know, it's a, this whole little school setting, they're having, to, you, having this whole discussion, taking attendance. So, mm -hmm. you got that aspect of it. So, I kind of right. like, I kind of dug that, that, you know, she's off somewhere else and everyone else is having this discussion. Right. Now, in terms of the maturity of the people having these opinions about love, I understand that, you know, young kids don't necessarily have fully formed opinions about this. Right. But that being said, the things that they were saying sounded 
like something I would have heard in a conversation last week from my adult friends. <laughs> and so for as much as we might want to criticize that, right. I think it's still I think it's still relevant. And that's not to say huh. that I agree with them. Yeah, that's no, not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying that even adult minds have the mm. same opinions. Yeah. And I think that when so that's you what can, you think that what she was trying to show i think that, like, that when you can put it all together mm-hmm. and kind of destruct what we've learned and kind of unpack that and take a step back like i think that's kind of what the musical journey of this album was about mm. to me and so and, and so for me i think that those skits are fit fit in perfectly so um I don't agree. Sure. Um, one, we, we, we I don't. That. I don't care about uh, how young kids feel about love. Um, I don't care about how young kids feel about what's in the crispy chicken wrap. I don't really care about anyway. Um, but also, I just don't think most skits and rap albums don't work. Like, and that's what like there are some mm-hmm. classic skits that they've been in the canon. But I think people sure. overuse skits and interludes. Mm-hmm. They did. Um, and I think that a lot of the times they don't land the way that people think yeah, they land. And we've yeah. had discussions um, about that. I think that. they could have taken that theme and maybe boiled it into two skits that, right. that were I think packaged if, behind songs. If it was at the beginning and at the end, fine, right, right. right? But it became peppered throughout and I was like, yeah. all right, you know? So if she started at the beginning and did her whole thing, her little intro, whatever, fine, right? Mm. And then you end it and she ends it with her, like the class ending or whatever, right? Fine. But uh, it peppering it through mm. as a coda on every other track just was too exactly. much for me. Also, I'm annoyed because, like, I mean, to be fair, she was at least polite to put at the end of the songs. <laughs> Which is but good. But, like, I mean, I would, like, I could just skip the individual skit, right? Right. But that is a personal yeah, pet but peeve, but I also just then, don't care about the skit yeah, itself, they did that right? Yeah, So, um, I, I don't, like, it's not enough for me to be like, oh, whatever, fuck that skit. But, like, I just don't <laughs> care about it. Like, it just... It's there, and I guess it's cute and gimmicky, and there's plenty of skits that I don't care about. This is not, like, a specific to Lauren Hill detraction. Mm. As much as it is, like, yo, I know you think you have a real deep, big point to make in your skit, mm. and there's very few times I think it lands. Like, very, but, but very you know what? few but, times. But that's kind of the point that I was making, that I think mm. that some of their opinions, I know people who still have those opinions. So, yeah. for me, I, I, I just feel like, you know, a lot of, this is just an artifact of the time. Um, I think this was still back in the day where people really tried to make cohesive albums that came together. And I think that Lauren, as somebody who was so multifaceted and multi-talented and wanted to show us all the different aspects of her, um, struggled to put those things together. And I think that she just kind of peppered this classroom conversation as the thing that was going to be the common vein that made this into a whole album. um, which I, I I don't necessarily feel I I've never actually listened straight through all of the skits before, and I've listened to this album a lot of times. All right. So I mean I I don't know you may have I taken just, more I just away from it than I did. I was talking about the packaging. I mean when you look at the album cover, you know it's an old school desktop with shit carved into it, right? Mm. I used to do that. I used to be that guy that instead right. of taking notes, I'm carving into my to my desktop. Right. And she came. She came out with this album when what, how old was she? Twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, she was young twenties. Yeah. So she knows her, her. A lot of her audience are going to be in high school. I was right. in high school yeah. at the time of I this. Like I just related song. to it at the time, and uh-huh. I think looking, like okay, if she's she's a grown woman now, if she were doing mm-hmm. do the same thing now, obviously it's like what the fuck are you doing, right? Right. But I think at the time. I think it's fine. I think it. I think it does tie everything together, yeah. and I'm gonna keep putting on, uh, keep driving home this point. But I know, you know, grown, mature minds who still have 
maybe perhaps young opinions about about love and the thing is if you actually listen to these opinions a lot of these opinions that these kids have are like ideas that are that they're like getting from mm. external sources you know you know um, what though i'll be i'll be 100 when i listen to this and i'm a, a hip-hop nerd so it is what it is um i initially thought this is actually inspired by if you listen to the early snoop dogg album he had they said what do you want to be when you grow up what do you want to be when you grow? I don't know if okay. you remember this skit. Very, very and they good. went all the way around and then they got to the kid that was supposed to be baby Snoop Dogg. And they said, yeah. Snoop Dogg, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, I want to be a motherfucking gangster. That was, uh, was Bow Wow, right? Giant, the, was it? I think that so. That played that? I thought it was Bow Wow. That's crazy. It's possible. But anyway, um, I just felt like she just heard that and was like, all right, this is how we're going to tie the whole album together. It didn't, I don't think it, it didn't feel as well thought out to as what you're like, saying. Like, that's not me. the reason why I would throw the, the album out right i'm just don't i just so all right let's 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 just ship it to to the end right how would you make it a classic all right um well so we're talking about what else scrap right um i would keep lost ones okay i would keep x factor um i would keep i used to love him i would keep everything is everything nothing even matters and i would keep the miseducation of lauren hill so it becomes an ep yeah Yo, yeah. Look, the, my official stance is that I don't think anything really needs to change. I'm, now, that's yeah. not to say that it doesn't have flaws, and you can nitpick. Look, every classic mm. album is gonna have a flaw in it. Like even Beatles albums that I love, yeah, got flaws right. in them. Yep. But I'm not gonna change them, and I'm not gonna yeah. change this one. To me, I'm gonna get rid of the skits. I'm gonna get rid of Final Hour just because I didn't feel like I needed it, and and I think I probably just let the let the joint rock, yo. And the other thing is, um. The hidden tracks that um that that Bob Marley remake that joint was fire. Is that that's can't not take even my on eyes off you? No, 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 no. Or not can't take my eyes off you. Can't take my eyes off you was on it as well. I think I might the actually take Marley, that one off. The, you take can't take my eyes off you only because um it was on the conspiracy theories soundtrack and I think I would just keep it there. I loved it. I loved it. No, nah, like that's it. Not, that joint got to be on there for me. All and right. but the but the Bob Marley um remake. That wasn't on this. Turn so your lights down out, low. That came out like a year or two after this. I was on a soundtrack and around. No, the same it came time. out when they were trying to redo. Were they trying to redo um, like Bob Marley's music? They're trying to like mash up like his music with like contemporary artists, and I think it was on that. Ah, okay. I oh, think so. It definitely was not on this. Yeah, and then to tell him, but it it did come out yeah. right around the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then to tell I don't him, with, I don't mess with tell him, but I would keep can't take my eyes off of you. Yeah. Cool, and you would keep tell him. You think it's a beautiful uh, piece. Obviously, mm -hmm. obviously, right. it's. I think tell him is actually my favorite track on the album. Huh. What's your favorite yeah. track on the album? Uh, she's gonna say lost ones, right? What? No, she's no, gonna no. say uh, nothing even. Nothing matters. even matters. My yeah. favorite track on the mm -hmm. album, definitely. I think just because of the fact that there was a video and the video was so impactful, I might say everything is everything. That video was dope, but lost ones was just so dope, like to me. I mean, just as like a rapidity rap kid who right. was also I mean, a rapper. Lauren came through know. and crushed the builders she, on that. No right. one could yeah, to like, <laughs> To me, I, I, I don't understand why. And maybe it's because some people still don't know it's a diss track, but I don't understand why it's not. You know, I don't respect why any of us. Never why are we talking they, they, they never had a war but why are we it? talking no about ever, back to back? And we're no not talking one, about Lost there's Ones. There's no diss track list I will ever respect that doesn't put Lost Ones the on Lost there. Ones got to be on there, yo. I honestly, you know, ever since this song, Wyclef is putting on uh, Crisco, Crisco on his skin and getting on top of, uh, on top of you know, motorcycles and the, taking just pictures. Just text 999 to Yelle <laughs> Hayden. So that you know. he can get a 
a direct page with your money. Did you did you read um, the article that he put out like four or five years ago? Nah, when he so. was explaining how he loved both Lauren Hill and his wife, and basically it was nah, a response to all I the people who that. were saying that he was responsible. Like they blamed him for why she went. She quote unquote crazy right. and I'm going to put that in quotes because I never met her so I'm not going to say agree, that she went agree, crazy because I've it was also heard that, that Rohan Marley was the reason but anyway I'm not going to say that either because right. I don't I don't know their personal situation right. but it was it was it was in response to that I forgot who it was um, I read it right before uh, mm. I read it like just last week actually yeah so what you was the general ever? gist of it I mean we got time right um look I don't want to put words in Wyclef's mouth it read to me like a man who was it, it read to me like a man who was explaining his situation to his wife that's what it came that's what it read to me as. was did he say that he also loved lauren yes he, did. he was in love with he two did women? but he was explaining how like as a man like as a young man like things happened organically mm-hmm. and he's like yeah i'm taking responsible so i'm not going to say that i was a good guy here but he was just saying like the music and the energy just kind of brought us together. Mm. But you know, my wife was my rock and all this other stuff. And mm. I just read it and I, at the end I was like, yeah, I just don't give a fuck about any of this. Like, <laughs> no, and, 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 and the reason why is because at the end of the day, for as much musical contribution as Wyclef may have, mm-hmm. and he has a lot. Yeah. He's definitely a musical mind. I have, I have great respect for him musically. Right. Um, and I don't know that enough, enough about him as a person, but at the end of the day, like nothing he did and nothing he will do, in my mind, will ever compare to this album. Hmm. So, I, I mean, that's just how I feel. I think I'm going to rock with you on that, actually. And and, and at the same time, too, like... Yeah, I mean, for all my criticisms about Lauren, um, he keeps claiming he created Lauren and he has yet to make an, another Lauren. Right. So, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and at, the, at, the same, at, the, at the same time, too, like, I also just don't really care for... Like, none of this stuff is really my business. Right. And I don't really care about what he has to say about it either like it's mm. not going to change it's not going to change any opinion i have yeah um now and uh, in the fairness i mean this article came out in like 2012 so right. and i'm just talk, talking about it now i was just kind of curious if y'all had yeah read no, it, i hadn't but, read it so. no i mean i've seen him do interviews a little bit about it and, and talk about his relationship since it's kind of like at this mm. point a moot point right they've all mm. kind of moved on and right. all the ones that i've seen lives. have been like oh she's crazy blah 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 and i, I just i don't even yeah, I don't want to rule on whether or not she's crazy. I, I, you know, I, one, crazy is a terrible term to use, but like yeah. either way, you know, just mm. whatever she may or may not be going through, um, it'd be great to see her make more good content. I know she dropped like two singles and they were both terrible. And yeah. I like Yeah, let's talk about happened. current current day Lauren. Like, uh, I don't, um, I don't think she's ever going to come out with anything good. Again. I don't think so either. No, I, think so. I think she's. Again, I don't want to speak like negatively about her, but mm-hmm. m- from what I have gathered, I think she's just burnt out creatively. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think from what I've read and seen some people who've worked with her speak about her mm-hmm. say is that she feels like she's given so much already, right? Which is a fair Man, I went to point. Rock the Bells the last year that they possibly did it in Washington DC area. Um and um Lauren showed up maybe four hours late. Um, to the point where maybe two hours into everybody standing there waiting for her, myself included, um, they took the the act that was behind her, which was a Tribe Called Quest, and they had a Tribe Called Quest going before her. Um, and her saving grace, because she can't do any of the original arrangements on this album, uh, was that Nas happened to be in town because the Distant Relatives tour was going on mm-hmm. at the time. 
And Nas came out and did If I Ruled the World with her at the end of, of her right. set. And everybody was so happy that Nas was Right. There, she was supposed that to be. That it was okay. Yeah. But, Recently, um, she was supposed to be at either the either the BET Awards or the Grammys. I can't mm. remember which one. She was supposed to be there and literally missed the entire award show. And they mm. were like, screw it. We got to keep going. We can't wait till she you figure it out. She showed up four hours late and then scorned the crowd for booing, for booing at her. I heard, oh, about, I heard about how that. How dare you? Um, I work on God's time, etc. And I've yeah. heard that she's done that at other multiple She does it a lot. So, I mean, and she has like, excuses a lot. And listen, but, she's not the only person that's ever been late to a rap show. <laughs> you, like, you also have, uh, I guess, a colleague. I'm, one of your other writers on VSB actually wrote um, a review on one of the concerts mm-hmm. he went to mm-hmm. and gave it nothing but praise. Right, I oh, yeah? forget who it was. Uh, it well, was a while ago when I my, read it. It's funny because I saw the 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 concert that I saw, which um, you know, like I said, she showed up four hours late. She went after Tribe Called Quest, which so if you're not a hip hop head and you have an opportunity to perform, don't go after Tribe Called Quest, especially not when they bring out Busta Rhymes right. and then they do a set with oh, yeah, Busta yeah. live right. at a hip hop show. It's just a bad they, idea. It doesn't matter scenario, who you are. Right? You might be the best right. ever. Don't yeah. do that. It's bad. Yeah. So anyway, she came out. She had two drummers, which that was weird because the drummers didn't always jive with each other in terms of what they were doing. They kind of tried to do these like um, trip hop, you know, trip mm-hmm. hop, mm-hmm. like kind of like these trip hop arrangements of the songs on the miseducation where she was rapping at bpms that were like not the normal bpms right. arrangement and it just it sounded really bad um people really didn't like it she was dressed like a bag lady it was it was not on point um and like i said nas kind of saved the whole set um and i and i say that in no way to try to be funny or anything like that like i'm a big lauren hill fan i was sad to see that my mother and my sister actually bought tickets to go see her in senegal they lived in senegal at the time and they had the exact same experience. They were like, yo, why is she rapping so fast on these songs that we're familiar with? She's not rapping them the way we know them. And so, I mean, I think that's just like the general consensus. In right. Terms of and her, I mean, she's she's found other ways to, to still get praised. Like she's done a, a diaspora calling um, uh, like tour thing or she's brought mm-hmm. like other diaspora artists with her. So I actually missed her when she came um, the last time, like a friend wanted mm. to go near me. There's King's Theater and Flatbush, which I live nearby. Um, yeah. And uh, she brought like major artists, like uh, soca artists, like Michelle Montano, who was mm, like nice. the soca, you know, yeah. Michael Jackson or whatever, right? Yeah. The king. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. If, if any of our listeners don't know who Michelle Montano is, shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> Every last one, nah, shame go on Google you. that. You right. need to holler. Yeah, at he's, right he's the OG or whatever of, of, of the Soka scene at this point, right? Um, and like other major dance hall and Soka artists brought some Afrobeats artists. And so that was dope. Um, and people spoke on it more from what they did than what Lauren Hill did. But mm. still the fact, I mean, I think that's something that she can do, curate people who respect her and care for her and bring in network oh, together. Sure. I think that's something she can continue to do as a lane. You I know? honestly think Miss Hill, which is, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with, is a song by uh, by Talib Kweli, where he basically wrote an open letter to Lauren Hill of like what she meant to him and what she meant to us is like the best thing in his catalog. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, she definitely inspired a generation and she's yeah. definitely somebody who should be celebrated. Yo, like our, I don't want to say our crew, but like the the sisters at UVA right. who were like in the like the 06 to 08, like mm-hmm. the, the, the African contingent. Mm. You know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to yeah. say their names, but yeah, like, you don't have to. You, I feel like Lauren Hill was like their spirit 
sister if you <laughs> right, will right. you know like everything that she stood for like they were about yeah yeah so listen they were out here walking right up to the sun hands in hands and everything yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yo what else could they possibly be expected to do right. <laughs> but anyway okay so do we want to say anything else about this before we wrap up on it i mean I, i'm i'm good I, yeah I, I, i'm yeah so did we did we salute shamira or shooter yeah um my hands are up guys I'm going Outlaw's to shoot got her. got a political face. That's I'm going to cool. shoot her. You That's shot cool. her? Yeah, and it's not... It, the reason why is just because I think that even though I, I understand the arguments, I don't think they're always fair to apply to, 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 to music, mm. especially given the fact that these things are kind of coming out after the fact, like mm. way after the fact. Mm. And I think that if you're going to do it to this album, you know, there's other albums that are less good mm. that you know, probably deserve the shots more so than this one. Fair yeah. enough. And yeah, this album is amazing. I'm sorry. I it's think I'm gonna dope. have to shoot you as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's love, but but I but, appreciate the effort. I do. I do apply. And I do. I definitely. <laughs> you gave me an A for effort. You gave me a good job, good effort. It's it's one of those. I'm already done, my zooms. Like it's, it's I I I hear I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think. I don't think that the opinions you have are necessarily wrong, mm. but I think the overall assessment to then take those opinions mm. and say that the content of this album is you know overrated, what? I have to disagree with that. If you would have recontextualized your argument and said, um, rather than calling it an overrated piece of music, which yeah. I don't think it is, which is not, but if you said, um, you know, in 2017, the themes in this album do not apply, I would have been like, she's, she's kind of okay. right, right? Like, yeah. get, like that's real. I just think maybe the argument itself in the fact that it being overrated is what we disagree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I will say from the grave that I from never grave, make a... From the grave, yo! It's I, the first time we've ever had somebody speak from the grave. <laughs> I never make an opinion that I don't stand behind. Appreciate mm-hmm. y'all for letting me stand behind my opinion. And, oh, uh, um I'm sure I'll have plenty of other opinions in the coming years that people hate. So, so nah, look, I yeah. feel that because, yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've been down that road where I've been mm-hmm. shot for my opinions. So. Oh, man. Metaphorically Yo, uh, shot, of course. You want to you talk about, about Panama saying that I was wrong? <laughs> oh. Um, well, so just real quick, uh, hopefully yeah, we're going to have Panama, uh, Panama on, the, on the show. Um, hopefully in the coming episodes, we, right. we got to organize the time to do that. Mm-hmm. But he was listening to uh, the Salute, Salute Me and Shoot Me episode two. And I said that I think that the Roots are hip hop's most underperforming group. Not that they're bad. I, right. I think that they're, they're great. Right. I just think that given the catalog of, of, of music, given their talent, some of it is a little, is a little lacking. And I think that they should be considered an elite hip hop group, and the fact mm. that they're not goes to show that they're underperforming. Anyway, mm. Panama agree with me a hundred percent on that. Right. And yeah. And the other thing was he spoke to Shamir, and he he spoke about <laughs> a specific point, which he was actually right about. We talked about that um, that Warren G is actually Dr. Dre's stepbrother. Okay, uh, that's cool. No, no, no. I mean, let's, let's keep it one. I, I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm gonna just admit that I'm right. wrong. So yeah, it's actually his stepbrother and not his cousin. I, oh, I thought I, it was his cousin I, too. I misstated that. Oh, so, okay. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's dope. I, anybody who listens to our show, I got more than love and respect for them. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to just admit I'm wrong. So it is what it is. Yeah. But um, so we're shooting you, but we <laughs> kind dead. of agree but with I'm, you. I'm, we're going to take you to the hospital. But we kind of agree with you. <laughs> and, you know, it's so great to have somebody that we have so much love, adoration, admiration, and respect for to be on the show. We really appreciate you coming out. Um, you want to add anything? It was nice to meet you. 
Nice to meet y'all too. Dope. I'll try to come back when I get healed and all that. Anything yeah. else you want to tell the people? Uh, nah. I mean, I write sometimes. On yeah, PSP. tell us about what you got coming up. I know you got a lot of stuff. It might be on the on the on the wraps, but you got nah, a lot I of mean, positive I don't things have a lot going on. Stuff coming up. Um, I do mm. write sometimes. I write for VSB, so shout out to them. And I will always thank Damon mm. and Panama for giving me a platform. Um, you know, I wouldn't have ever written for other publications if it wasn't for them. Yeah. Um, so when I do write it out, I'll post it up and share it uh, I've written for Teen Vogue and Washington Post before as well Duh. so uh, um, again shout outs to the VSB family for supporting me and all that so we got semi popular bloggers out here you here, know we here we oh, go here we go alright celebrities yeah. alright so I think we're gonna sign off here yo peace thanks for everybody for listening and nah, that's it peace bye guys <laughs>